0: Get a Job in Tech, episode 128. I'm here with Terry Huckleberry. Terry is an IT guy, and like me, he's been all over the world doing the IT thing. So Terry, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Well, I'm 59 years old. I've been married to my wife for um, since 1991. I met her in Saudi Arabia. I grew up in Oklahoma on a ranch in Oklahoma. Uh, my family owns a, a kind of a ranch, um, not farmers, we're more ranchers, grow cattle. Uh, dad was always a cattleman, born in 1961, graduated from McConaughey High School in 1979, um, played football, um, didn't like basketball. Graduated in 79, went to Oklahoma State. Um, was there for five years. Um, Graduated with a geology degree, business minor, after four and a half years, and then started working on a, a master's, and MBA, concentration in finance. Um, but I wanted real world experience, so in 1984, after five years, uh, I went to San Antonio, and uh, my brother was down there doing some stuff, and I wanted to get out of Oklahoma, been there my whole life, had a little bit of wanderlust, still do. And so I went down there for five or six years, and. And that's when I got into IT, and my brother was an, an IT uh, professional. And, um, and then I went to New York City, Saudi Arabia, and just kind of bounced around wherever the job's at. A lot of consulting, a lot of implementations. Um, and now I, I do a lot of DoD work, going around, you know, installing switches, and usually on the fiber side, uh, just trying to make wherever I go and whoever hires me make their shop just a little bit better. But I'm here in Colorado Springs right now, and um,
0: and so here I am. So tell me about what you said wonderlust. What what does that mean? Wonderlust. I <laughs> always uh, kind of see the
1: the grass is green there somewhere else. So when I left uh, Oklahoma, and you know when I go back to Oklahoma, uh, and I do periodically after two or three days, I remember why I left in the first place. But when I go back. There's always somebody, some of my friends or uh, people I graduated with, they're still there. You know, they maybe um, moved to the next city or maybe moved to Oklahoma City. My hometown's around 60, 65 miles from Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, they're happy there. Um, but that was just not the life for me. There was a world out there. And uh, I wanted to go see it. Um, at a, uh, one of my old coaches uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he's lived in, he's 12 years older than me, he's a great guy, uh, and um, uh, we were talking, and uh, he, he lived in like a 65, 70 square mile area his whole life. Grew up in a town, went to um, you know, a local college, and then he became a you know, football coach, and, and that just wasn't for me. You know, when I was growing up, I was reading I had all this stuff, all these places I wanted to go see, and so wonderlust to me is you're just wondering, you know, the next country, wondering about the world, just lusting to see after it, you know, just to see what you can see. And so I've, you know, lived, I've lived in 12 states, um, lived in, um, well, Saudi Arabia for two years. My wife is from the Philippines, so we visited there, you know, often. And, uh, but it's always that wonder, just you want to see the world and and see what it's about meet the different cultures and 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 really get a flavor of what the culture is about just don't go visit it for two or three days and you know you, you're not really seeing it and experiencing it to me wanderlust is going and actually experiencing the culture because there's there's a lot of good cultures out there our culture which you know i i'm an american i think ours is the best
0: for us but our culture is not the best for other people So you mentioned your uh, wife is from the Philippines. Tell me about the Philippines. What, it, what is this Philippines? What's it like there?
1: <laughs> oh, I love the Philippines. Um, I've studied it and uh, have a bunch of friends that are from there. Of course in the DOD, you know, Department of Defense, there's a ton of Filipinos. Everywhere I've worked, there's a ton of Filipinos. A lot of them join the, the armed services and that's one way they can get the citizenship pretty quickly. And so they'll come over here and, and you know, they'll be in the, uh, you know, whichever branch that they, they pick. Uh, but then they either retire, uh, a lot of them are retired military, and then they go off and they work for the DOD. They already have the, you know, the top secret clearances and what have you. But um, so I've studied the, the, the culture, I've studied the history, but the Philippines is, um, you know, it's been closely associated with the United States in 1898, when we fought Spain, and of course that was a, the Philippines was the colony of Spain, and then of course we, we took it over, and there's three or four years of the Philippine insurrection, were just trying to get rid of us, and of course we gave them their independence, uh, you know, in June of 1945, after they helped us in World War II, but there's a long history of uh, the relationship between America and, and the Philippines. And um, so we've, I've studied it. I sent my daughter over there to school. Um, she was actually um, uh, was going to school here in Colorado Springs. She's, she's a nurse um, and but she was started out to be a nurse here, going to a local junior college, Pikes Peak Community College, grade school, nothing against Pikes Peak. But the, the rate she was going, you know, usually go two or three years She at a junior college, get your AA. And then you can test for the RN, the NCLEX RN, and once you pass, then you get a job. But then you can go on and and get your BSN RN from a four-year school, which is people usually go to UCCS here in Colorado Springs, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Well, you know the process, and then how long you you go, and how many courses you take, how many hours you take per semester. It could take six or seven years. Uh, So. In 2015 we decided to send her to the Philippines because it's more clear that she wouldn't have to work. She was working here 15-20 hours a week but we sent her over to the Philippines and she, you know, she didn't have to work. I was supporting her and um, so she went to a place called Iloilo. So you know the Philippines is um, uh, closer to the equator. It's a lot warmer and uh, we visited her often. So she was over there for around four and a half years. October of uh, by 2015, I think it was, October 4th, as I recall. And she came back in July of this year after you know, the Philippines opened up a little bit because of the virus. But um, it's a great country. There's a lot of good people. Now, anywhere you go, there's some places you don't, you don't want to go to. And there's some places don't like Americans. But we have like an 88% approval rating, Americans in America does, with the, uh, with the Philippines. They have surveys every now and then. I think the last survey I saw, which was a few years ago, was 88% approval rating from, from the Filipinos. So they like us over there. And uh, my daughter, she never had any issues. Iloilo's like 450,000 people. Uh, I, didn't, <laughs> I did not want to send her to Manila. Manila, you know, it's a little bit dicey in Manila. Cebu's the second biggest city, and and I didn't really didn't want to send her there either. Um, but Iloilo Ilo was big enough yet not too big, and it's right in the middle of the country. And right in the middle of the country is the most peaceful. Um, you know, they have some. You know, they used to have some communist insurgents way north, north Luzon, and they had the the Muslims down south. And so we kind of wanted to stay away from those areas. Iloilo was Ilo is, is certainly uh, more peaceful, and uh, she never had she never had any issues. And um, so that's where we center. But I just think a lot about the Filipinos, I just love the people. Um, they've always good good to me. I got numerous friends uh, from my days working in Saudi Arabia. Um, when I met my wife, and back in '91, '92, actually I think it's like December of '91. Um, but I worked with a lot of Filipinos at Saudi Telecom, and uh, I'm still buddies with some of those guys today. 30 years later, uh, one of the guys actually introduced me to my wife. But I just have nothing but good things about the Philippines. Um, By far, overall, it's such a good country with
0: with really good people. You mentioned sending your daughter to the Philippines for college. What's the the breakdown cost-wise? Can you go into a little bit about that, how it is different than the States? You know, obviously... In that regard, you probably didn't do it. Uh, she did it, but maybe you could t- talk about that a little bit. Oh, i talked talk about that a whole lot.
1: Uh, yeah, um, March of 2015, uh, I just got out of a seminar with um, Pike Peak Community College. My daughter and I went, and um, they laid out kind of the progression uh, the uh, uh, from start to finish, to get your uh, your RN, your uh, become a, a nurse and 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 a BSN RN. Uh, in my opinion, okay, when you start here, uh, if you start at a junior college, there's some benefits by doing that. You go to say three years, three and a half years, and you get an AA, Associates of Arts, and it, it's it's uh, a you get the AA RN, and you then um, Go and to a four-year college to you get your BSNRN takes another three years, give or take. So you're looking at uh, five, five and a half, six years, depending on how much it, uh, how much you want to, how many hours you want to take per semester. And the the cost was around two thousand dollars a semester. The last uh, semester that we paid for was uh, 2015, the spring semester. And it wasn't so much the, and this is kind of what got me thinking. Uh, We have, there's some uh, opportunity grants that uh, Colorado gives you if you go to school. The tuition would have been around $3,000 because of this grant. It was a Colorado opportunity grant, as I recall. Well, this grant would lower it by 1,000. So you're talking around $2,000. And that was okay. I have an education fund set up for it. Uh, but the thing that sort of got me was she didn't know the classes she was going to take, so she waited on enrolling, and because she waited, uh, she went to the bookstore, and all the used books were gone, so she had to buy completely new books, and, and those books cost they just, between $800 to $900, right? Let's say 850 give or take. Now, I started college in 79, and to me, uh, an expensive book was $20, and a lot of times I'd, I'd buy my books and they were, for the whole semester, they were $60, $70. A new book, uh, hardback, was $20, $25. But she bought, I don't know, three or four books, whatever it was, and it was $850. So that also got me thinking, you know, too they Christmas, $850, uh, and the 2000 wasn't bad. I don't, you know, the tuition. So we started looking into maybe the Philippines as an alternative. Um, and her mom is a nurse, went to Iligan Medical Center, which is down North Minden now, which is the southern most island or the biggest southernmost island. And so we actually have a house in Iligan, but I didn't want her to go there. I wanted to go to one of the, the big universities. Um, and so we started looking around. We looked at CPU, Central Philippine University. Uh, we looked at Silliman University, which is in Dumaguete. Which is one island over from Ililo. Uh, we looked at uh, some schools in Manila, but they weren't really uh, high on our list because uh, it's just so crowded in Manila. And I wanted her to go. I wanted her. She wanted a city. I wanted her more rural. So the compromise was Ililo, which at the time was three hundred seventy-five, four hundred thousand people, and we had relatives that were really close. Um, To that city, so I felt good. In fact, her, uh, my uh, wife's sister, actually moved in with her for two years until they kind of figured out the ins and outs of Iloilo. But the tuition in the Philippines for one semester, going to most schools over there, is it's not that cheap. It's not, you know, a couple hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. It still costs it. It was around nine hundred dollars, eight hundred fifty, nine hundred dollars. As you go, and you know. a sophomore, junior, senior. Junior year was actually more expensive than senior year because you had all these labs, Uh, but still the the tuition was probably half of what the tuition is here and she's going to uh, Pikes Peak Community College. But there are are some other costs that you have to factor in and uh, we uh, actually paid for an apartment for. was a townhome, uh, it's actually a pretty nice one. Um, not real big, but that was $250 a month. Now that was, it's around 12,000 pesos, 240, $250 a month. So, you know, there are some added expenses by going over there. Uh, the tuition was probably half of what you pay here, uh, but the room and board, um, the uniforms that you gotta have, uh, I was actually sending around a thousand dollars over there uh, a month, um, and that was their living expenses. That was their um, wasn't their tuition. That was separate, but that was also their their rent, the two hundred fifty dollars. And uh, then we bought them a car because really you have to have a car. So you know you think the Philippines would be cheaper, and for a lot of people it is. A lot of Filipinos send their children back there because they already have a house, they already have a homestead, they have relatives back there. And so really there's no rent that they have to pay, they already have a house. Uh, really all they have to pay is just the, the tuition for the college and any incidentals uh, that you might incur. Um, a lot of Filipinos, I don't know why, some, some do but a very small fraction, they, they don't like to travel that much. And so my daughter, she's got wonderlust too, she got it from me. So she went to she went, oh, geez, she went to Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, a lot of history, especially Vietnam. Oh, she saw a lot of history, um, the tunnels and uh, used to be uh, Saigon, now it's Ho Chi Minh City, um, Hanoi. You know, there's some places in Hanoi Hilton. anybody knows anything about the Vietnam War? So there's a she traveled a lot, but most Filipinos do not do that. Um, they just more, uh, homebodies, I guess. But while my daughter was over there, I wanted to see stuff. So that added, you know, that was an added expense and that we really didn't have to incur, but, oh, she went to Hong Kong uh, once too, before the riots, which was a good thing. But the good thing about the Philippines, and one thing that I I like about it in Asia, it's, it's about as centrally located as you can get. And anywhere you want to go is usually around 250 to $300 round trip um the one exception i think was tokyo and that was around was over six hundred dollars a round trip for one person so, but that's you know pretty far north she didn't go to south korea but she did go to tokyo south saw mount um, sarabachi i think it is sarabachi um and it it was on a clear day and, and which was rare but that was six hundred something dollars Thailand was 250 300 uh, Vietnam, and then she traveled, you know, Laos and, and Cambodia, um, Thailand, uh, Bangkok was, you know, $250, $300, so that's always extra, but um, as far as tuition, tuition was cheaper, but I wanted her to go and see, this is part of an education, there, there's another reason I wanted her to go over there and not stay here, at university at the Pikes Peak Community College. She was meeting people from Denver and actually she knew a lot of the people from, from class from her high school. She graduated from Rampart High School here in North Colorado Springs, 500, and 500 600 people was in the graduating class. Well, she knew a bunch of people going to Pikes Peak, but was she really experiencing life? Was she really getting a college education or, or a college experience? She's getting a college education. Good facilities, don't get me wrong. Pikes Peak was a, a, a good school. Um, UCCS is, is a very good school. But she's missing that college experience. I went to Oklahoma State, and, and some of the best times was just meeting people, meeting different people from different countries. Oklahoma State had a great agricultural school, and a lot of my buddies was in the, the ag uh, department, and, and so we had people from Afghanistan. I remember talking to a guy from Afghanistan, uh, this before the Russians invaded, And uh, he was telling me about Afghanistan, how such a good country it was. And uh, so I got all this experience talking to other people. And my daughter was not getting that cultural uh, exposure here where she was getting it in the Philippines. She had buddies from China. Uh, She had buddies from Korea. She was vice president of the International uh, Club, which included a lot of people from Korea. Um, a lot of people from Korea go to CPU and go to the Philippines because of the um, the English exposure. There's nobody who speaks English better than the Philippines in Asia. It's an official language of, of the Philippines, Tagalog so being the other one, which is a native language, and then English being the uh, the other official language. There's uh, around 4,000 uh, students from Korea, South Korea, going to the Philippines to learn English. Uh, that is, and you, I don't know if most, all of you guys know this, but in South Korea, it's almost a religion to learn and be good at English. Uh, and so a lot of people go to CPU and go to uh, other colleges in in the Philippines to learn and perfect their English. So she knew a lot of people from, from South Korea. Um, she knew a bunch of people from England. Almost everybody... And of course, a, a lot of Phil Am's. They're called Phil Am's over there from America. Now, um, most people, most parents of these Phil Am's were, you know, they were Filipino. or one student was, one parent was was Filipino. Uh, so th- usually there is a connection there. Usually one of the parents is a. There is a connection, um, but the exposure, the cultural exposure that she she experienced was just. Um, far exceeded our expectations but as far as cost I know you asked cost earlier uh, tuition is cheaper but only about half and and there are these other incidentals you don't have to do the travel uh, but there are uniforms you have to buy because they're real big on uniforms and and as you progress through the nursing ranks get to be a junior and senior there's different uniforms you have to buy Um, and then there's a just a normal uh, day-to-day life that you have to uh, you know have to pay for. And of course, it is much cheaper over there, but there are some stuff you have to pay for that you know bumps it up. But by far, it, it far exceeded our expectations. Does that answer your question, Gary?
0: Uh, yeah, very much so. So, tell me about. Um internet over there. I'm really curious about that. What's oh, internet like over there in uh, uh, Philippines? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Uh, there's actually two main uh, fi- uh, internet providers in the Philippines. There's Globe and the Smart. And I read something a few years ago. <laughs> we, we were researching this. The first internet uh, provider she had wasn't worth a darn. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but it was one of the, it was one of the two I just mentioned. And so um, she bought it and uh, she was, had outages, had glitches. Uh, um, and so after around a year, year and a half, because she thought maybe it was normal, maybe two years, she went to the other one. And you know, with the first one, she started out at a certain package and then she increased the package and you know, trying to get it to work because we'd be talking and then boom, we, we, we had these intermediate outages. Well, she went to the other one, okay? And then that worked out uh, okay for a while, but she actually finally went to an off brand, as I recall. And that one, maybe they thought they needed to do better because then the other two, or the other two were so bad. And that actually worked out real well, but she was actually paying around 2,000 pesos a month, which is actually quite a bit of money over there, just for internet. But um, when Dutardi, who's the president of the United States, United States, thinking about Trump here. Dutardi, who's the president of the Philippines, who um, was elected in 2016, May of 2016, as I recall. And of course, it's a six-year term. His term ends in May of of 2022. But one of his goals when he became president was he wanted to get the internet uh, service better than what it is right now. or at least at that point in time, and so that he that was one of his uh, platform items. You know, he's going to get because a lot of businesses were griping, The internet was so poor over there, and the internet was getting to be such a big um, cog, big piece of the of business. You know, you got to have internet anymore, advertise and you know sell your products. A lot of people were griping because the internet service was so poor and globe and smart had two-thirds they had almost 70 of the, percent of the market you know the business in the philippines of you know internet providing and so he ran on that and so but then after i read somewhere a few years later that he didn't really push it when he got it into office so my daughter finally found a provider that was good and reliable uh, but you know, the other one or two, and I'm not gonna tell you which one. I, my advice should be to just keep trying, because there are some good uh, internet service providers, but it might be, you know, you, you're gonna spend a lot more than what you thought you'd have to spend. She was uh, paying around 2,000, 2,200 pesos, which around $40, which in the Philippines, just for internet services, it's quite a lot, um, to get good quality service. I'm telling you, the first you know, three years or so, we'd be talking, and it'd be sketchy, and then we'd drop. She'd call me back, I'd call her back, and you know, nine, nine ten, times out of a hundred, it was on her side. And um, but we mucked through. And uh, my advice is just to keep trying because there are some good service providers, um, but you might have to spend more than what you. because there are some platforms, there are some levels. And the higher level you get, the better it is. And so that's where you, where you might have to to go to to get the quality service that you expect, especially being from here. And I have problems every now and then, but for the most part, you know my internet service here is, is pretty solid. Um,
0: will that answer your question, big guy? Oh uh, yeah, I um yeah, I'm the same way, man. The internet uh, is a gotta have it. 100% gotta have internet. Not, have it. I'll yeah, pay I mean, whatever it costs for internet. Like, oh, you know, yeah. and if the power goes out, um, the first thing I think is, I don't have internet. I mean, yeah, yeah I get it that I don't have power, but I don't have internet. That's probably you know, more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, in the Philippines, it's, it's important here, but, you know, you can phone, you can call somebody. Cost sometimes to make a phone call is sometimes prohibited in the Philippines. I mean, you have calling cards and that makes things cheaper. But you know, that link back to the States, that link to your buddies back here, if you're visiting or if you're you know, living over there, it's vital. And with my daughter, boy, she gets so frustrated. She depended on, and, and even the research that she, you still have to do research. That's why I liked it, but they were hard on him. That CPU, when she graduated in April, uh, they, they kicked their rear end sometimes. Um, they were hard on me. She depended on the internet to do research. She she had to have that internet. And for it to be flaky a lot of times, it just bugged the heck out of her.
0: Yeah, I know that much. 100%. I, I get it. What does... What's the food like there? You know, you I don't know if you know, oh. but what's the food like there? Are there shopping malls? You know, can you go to places, was there McDonald's, you know, all that type of stuff there?
1: Um, (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so I met my wife in Saudi Arabia back in 90, I won't say December 21st of 91. And our first date was December 26th of 91. And uh, we got married in 92. I have a point, bear with me here. And it's concerning McDonald's. So, um, we got married in May 7th of 92. And then a year and a half later in August 7th, I traveled to the Philippines after all, my wife had already gone back to the Philippines. And I, we got married August 7th. Now I was there for two months. And in that time, we had to go to classes to get married, we had to get the marriage license. We had to get uh, a, um, a certificate saying I could get married from the American embassy, not at the consulate, but the embassy in Manila. So I get all that stuff, and we're getting everything. Well, after a couple of three weeks uh, in in, okay. So, one of the best times of my life. Glad we're talking about this. One of the best times of my life. I fly into Manila. We stay two or three days in Manila in a really close to the uh, uh, to the American Embassy, and so we go over there. And we have to get this this release saying yes, Terry's not married, and he can get married, and yeah, you have to have it before they'll. Uh, it's kind of it, before everything was you know, computerized. I got it too, but it took a day or two to get it. So we then travel on a super ferry, uh, two nights and three days. We, we actually, first time I was in Iloilo, we stopped in uh, Iloilo. And then the third day we dock in Cagandoro, which is 90 kilometers from Ilegan City, which is North Mindanao. So we leave Cagandoro, we go to Illegon. I'm there for two or three weeks. I, I hadn't seen an American in weeks. Man, I get hungry for McDonald's. Uh, I hadn't had McDonald's. Uh, we didn't have it in Saudi Arabia. We had some other good stuff, uh, but we didn't have McDonald's. So, uh, one day my wife and I, we go from a and we take a bus to Cog Enduro, 90 kilometers, 60 miles up the road, 54 miles up the road. And we go to this McDonald's and, um, the food was the same, good or bad. I, you know, the thing I like about McDonald's is it's the same. No matter where you go in the world, you get a Big Mac, you get a Big Mac. Well, I go over there, and I get a, oh, it's either a quarter pounder of cheese or probably a Big Mac. But what I remember is you get McRice. So they sold rice separately, and you, I guess you could order fries. I did because I wanted McRice because I wanted to experience it. So the food's a little bit different, but back then we had to go ninety kilometers to get this, get a big Mac. You know that uh, I was craving. Oh, I just I had to have it. So we took you know it took it darn near all day to go over there, eat it. We had to get to the place because away from the bus station, come back. But it was well worth it, and I ate my rice. So things have progressed. Um, fast forward. 20 years. Okay, so my daughter goes to Iloilo Ilo in uh, uh, in October 4th, as I recall, 2015, and they had four McDonald's in Iloilo. Ilo. Now they're more pricey than the than the regular meals. Of, you know, regular like Jollibee's a real fat, real big fast food uh, place that a lot of Filipinos like. It's uh, you know it's burgers it's uh, fried chicken it's, it's Jollibees and, and you can go to a Jollibees and for three dollars two and a half three dollars you can get a meal you can get breakfast you can get you know lunch dinner well at uh, McDonald's it's a little bit pricier it's 253 it's five to six dollars you know to get a hamburger get fries or McRice or you know what have you now my daughter paid it you know because sometimes she just wanted a slice of home. And so she, she'd go to McDonald's and and uh, yeah, she'd go. There used to be a subway in Lilo. Now there still is one in Manila and Cebu, and there's even one in the Manila Airport, the Aquino International Airport. There's a subway in um, uh, in the airport, but there used to be one there, but it closed up. Now there's Starbucks. You can go and you know coffee shop, and have coffee. Uh, they have internet. A lot of students go to Starbucks or other internet cafes, because uh, well, it's quiet. You get away from the house, they have an internet connection. Just gotta buy a coffee every now and then. So there's used to be Subway, but in Italy, there's not anymore. There's Burger King's, there used to be one, but now I think there's like three. There's, there's four McDonald's. Uh, no, they, one of the things I always, <laughs> like there's a, you remember Shakey's Pizza? Sharky's or Shakey's Pizza?
0: Shakey's,
1: I'm not sure, Shake, I don't remember. Shakey's? Well, so Shakey's used to be one that I went to school at Oklahoma State. And got me on a roll here, Gary. Shakey's used to be uh, in Oklahoma State, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And heck, uh, it closed down in probably 80 or 81. So I go to the Philippines, and in Baraka, there's a Shakey's. In Ilian City, there's a Shakey's Pizza. So there's pizza places around that, like Shakey's, that are, as far as I know, they're gone here in the States but they're still over there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Some of the older um, American uh, restaurants made it over there and then they just stayed. Jollibee's put a lot of them out of business though, because very, very popular. And we used to eat at a Jollibee's there in in Stockton and um, San Francisco and uh, Burlingame and uh, LA. And there's even one in Houston that we ate at. Uh, So they're around. that's hurt a lot of the other restaurants, um, but the food is, if you want to eat American, you can eat American, or you could. And my my daughter liked these other kind of more mom and pop shops that actually had more of the the native food. Um, uh, what I never have tried is I uh, uh, what's the name of that uh, egg? It's a half. Formed embryo, uh, Balut. Okay, so I have never tried Balut, even though I have some friends that have, but it's a half formed uh, embryo and very nutritious, uh, very, very tasty. I hear I never could eat it. Um, So that's one of those native things. There's only two things I think I haven't tried. One of them is Balut, the other one is a Bloody Mary, which is a kind of a concoction of the internal organs and And my wife loves it, and my daughter loves it. My daughter likes both the balut and the the Bloody Mary, but it's, um, she started young. I was an old fogey when I, you know, started kind of dipping into the food of the Philippines. I I can't eat it. Well, my daughter can, and she says it's delicious. And even, um, uh, you know, the fish, the fried fish, I'm not fried fish, but it was a different name for it, but the one that smells so bad, <laughs> but it's supposed to be delicious, you know, my my daughter raised about it, my wife raised about it, um, but boy, it does smell a little bit, uh, but it's supposed to be really, really tasty, but um, in the Philippines, if you want American food, because America has, you know, we're, we're business-minded, when a market opens up, especially the Philippines, since we've had such a a long history with them. Uh, American companies move in um, with the course of Philippine partner. Um, so if you want American food, it's there. Uh, you don't get everything that we have here, but you get you get a lot. Uh, but I would advise you to eat the Filipino food to really sample you know the local culture because they side Balut and Bloody Mary. They have pancit which is kind of a noodle, which is just awesome. Chicken adobo, which is a die for. Um, there's a, uh, some other adobo dishes that I swear are just, just tremendous. Um, I'm a mouse-watering right now. And uh, there's some really, really good Native American food. I don't know, that kind of answered your question, Gary.
0: Yeah, what, what about the malls? They have malls there? Oh. oh. Okay, so the richest people in the country are mall
1: owners. Okay, so the biggest one in Elilo, and um, okay, the guy actually died. Henry Sy was his name. Last name was S Y. He died in January or February of this year. He was ninety something. He was worth twenty billion American, not twenty billion pesos. Twenty billion pesos is still a lot of money. Uh, But you know the exchange rate right now is fifty pesos of a dollar. He was worth 20 billion American. Uh, in the 1950s, he came over to the States and he was wondering, what could he do? Because he owned a, a shoe store over there in Manila. He was uh, originally from China, and um, so he was Chinese, and he came over here with his wife, looked around, and in the 50s, malls were just springing up everywhere. Of course, now they're, they're dying out. But the first mall was in, I won't say Indianapolis in 1955, in America. And he kind of hit it, you know, he came over, saw these malls popping up. He goes back and he puts a mall in. And he he did a, uh, he he found out what Filipinos wanted. One of the things they wanted was to sit down. As you know, they're walking all the time. The other thing was they wanted air conditioning. So there's like three or four things he put in to attract these customers to buy shoes. So the one of the, he, he probably has the biggest operation because he he owns some banks he owns these malls sm is is the uh, malls that he owns and he started putting them in in the 1950s 1960s but sm uh, stands for shoe and so in Iloilo the biggest mall the most popular mall is sm and i swear they have an ace hardware there that's another thing you know that they have over there that uh we you know uh, we've sent over there ace hardware i was kind of disappointed in it though because I went to Ace Hardware to get some washers, and I couldn't find any, they didn't have the right size washers for me. I needed uh, to fix up a cabinet for my daughter, so I had to go to the other hardware place, and they had bad parking. But anyway, this SM is the biggest, and that's where he made his money, these SM, the Shumart malls. Now, there's other malls over there, too. There's SM, they're probably the biggest, but there's some older ones, like Robinson Mall, there's two or three Robinson Mall there, nearly, an older one, and then a, a newer one that they built. There's Gaisano's, you know, and then they have these smaller malls that can't keep popping up because they're so popular. It's not like here with malls are dying out. Um, there, people go there as a meeting place and uh, to buy food because there's, there's uh, supermarkets, there's hardware stores, there's shoe places, there's banks, there's everything's in this mall. And um, so that's where they go. So, because it's harder to get around over there. A lot of people don't have cars. And, um, and so that's where they go to kind of take care of all their business. But the three biggest ones that I'm aware of, SCM, which is the biggest, followed by Robinson, been around forever. When I was there in the early 90s, there were Robinson malls that we'd go to, my wife and I. And then, of course, Gasano. that's a, a mall that... Um, uh, that was e- e- e-� an illegal city, and they also have them in Iloilo e- and Manila. Yo, gotta tell you this about the, uh, the, uh, the people that work in these uh, malls. Um, you go into a store, that they'll have, uh, <laughs> okay, especially Gasano. Gasano is one I'm actually thinking about in the early 90s, but it still pertains today. They'll have 15, 20 of these young girls working. And they come out, I saw one one time when they came out and they uh, had a shift change. So you had 15 girls leaving, 15 girls coming back, and while there's intermingling, there's 30 girls there, all about the same height, all about the same age, all of them were real slender, all of them were dressed, the one that I saw was was all green, dressed in green dresses with green, green shoes, green ribbons in their hair. And so over there, I guess there's such a big problem with shoplifting because it is a poor country, that every aisle has a person that's watching you. So I'm an American, I'm not gonna steal anything. I, there, well, I had money, but I'd go down an aisle, I'd have <laughs> two girls watching me make sure I didn't steal anything. Because if they did steal something, if I stole something, they'd come out of their check, which they didn't want. So that's kind of their anti-theft uh, you know, devices to hire these, uh, these people to keep an eye on you so you don't steal anything. Just thought I'd throw that out what I observed years ago. S and M is the biggest though, Gary. And but Robinson and Gassano, pretty big too. And there's other people getting into the mall. I've noticed in Kalibo, when we was up in Kalibo, there's a small city mall is what it was called. And it was smaller, but it had some pretty good stuff in it. You know, that uh they had a movie house, a theater, uh had had a <laughs> an air conditioning place that they just sold air conditioning. I thought it was pretty important over there, but Robinson's, um, S.M., and Gasano's, uh, from my
0: experience, are the three biggest. Do, do they have, uh, in the supermarkets, you know, the food places, do they have American food inside the supermarkets, like Butterfinger, Coke, Pepsi, all that stuff? Um, might, I'll throw this in, and then I'll answer your question. But my wife
1: went to Saudi Arabia back in 87. She was a, a Coke person. Now she's a Pepsi person now because it's sweeter. And when she was in Saudi Arabia, she drank, she drank Pepsi. Um, but she was used to Coke because Coke was what was in the Philippines. It was bottled at the time in '87. Um, when she went back in '90, '92, '91, '91, they had they had Pepsi and Coke. Uh, so they had other stuff, you know which they didn't have originally. When my daughter in 2015 went to the Philippines, she went actually had a pretty good time uh, because she would go to some of these stores that were there and they wouldn't have some of the most basic stuff. And I'll give you an example, ranch. My daughter loves ranch. Ranch, you know, dip. And so, and she had to have ranch. So two or three times, I actually shipped her ranch. I went to, uh, I, I mean, I just put some other stuff in the box, but ranch had to be which, you know, in the box. So I go to Walmart and I get these little containers of, of ranch and I put them in the, and I ship it out. It cost me around $200. Now I like DHL because the first one we shipped was through the post office and it goes to New Jersey and then New Jersey sends it to the Philippine Manila. It took three months to get there. DHL, it takes seven to 10 days. And you pay for that, it was $250. But I shipped her early on three or four packages and every one of these packages had ranch because she couldn't find ranch to save her life and she had to have ranch. And so I shipped it to her. But after around a year, some grocery stores started popping up that had more, more American food. Um, another thing that she found was milk and you don't think, well milk, you know, no big deal, right? Well, over there, it's a little bit different. There's certain, well, I, mean, I did research on this. There's certain ways to pasteurize milk, and over there, they heat it up so hot that it kills everything, including the, the taste bacteria. It tasted real, in my daughter's yucky, but they could put it in one of these um, packages, and you wouldn't have to refrigerate it, okay, if you pasteurize it at like 300 degrees or whatever it was. I think we only pasteurize it at 160 or 170, but it keeps a lot of the taste, but also keeps some of the bacteria, you know, that they kill. And so they had American milk, but only after around a year, year and a half, the first year, year and a half, she could only find this, this uh, highly pasteurized uh, milk and it just didn't taste very good. It certainly was not what she was used to. And so, uh, but after around a year and a half, some supermarkets started popping up and, uh, they had American food. So if she had gone 10 years ago, she'd never been able to, you know, get milk, ranch. But after around a year, year and a half, um, yeah, people started popping up, these supermarkets, and she's able to get, and I went to them I, when I was there last, just a couple of years ago. Yeah, they had a lot of American foods. Uh, or it was packaged, Like I remember California milk, I think is, what they named one of their milk and you know, so even if it wasn't made in America, it was, uh, had that American marketing, uh, you know. So anyway, that's, uh, the food there is actually right now pretty good, real comfortable. If you really want what you want and you want American food, you, could, you can get to it. Now, it's uh, more expensive than the regular food uh, my daughter bought so much from, I will not say SM, a uh, supermarket SM, that they gave her some kind of pass to get to the VIP room because she'd go and she'd buy five, 6,000 pesos at a time and, um, she bought so much that they let her have access to the VIP room where all the heavy hitters, they let all these, people you that know, people spend a lot of money and so they were part of that group and so she, whenever she wanted to, she'd go there that coffee for her place to rest because she spent so mu- much money in that supermarket, but the food is getting closer and closer to America all the time.
0: How about water? Like, can you drink the water there? Or do you need to buy a bottle of water all the time?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. Um, the answer is no. Don't drink the the water coming out of it. It's not treated. And the, um, the pipes are old, and they don't keep them up. So, and, and here's a caveat. caveat. If you buy water, that's good. Buy bottles. bottled. Make sure that the seal has not been broken. There's been numerous cases where uh, someone will get the old uh, plastic bottles, and they put water in it, tighten it up, but not seal it. Sell it as new, and or at least, you know, and get the full price, or at least pretty close to full price. And of course, you're you're buying something that's uh, that's tainted. So make sure that the water you buy is from the supermarket, you know, and make sure that it's it's still bottled and it's still safe. Um, there's what she finally did. She always bring these cases of bottled water, you know, just from the supermarket, and and that that's okay. Uh, that she never had a problem. She never really got sick. She got under the weather once or twice, and we're thinking because you know one of the things you don't really realize, she'd go out and she might get a Coke or a, or a pop, a Pepsi, and then have ice in there. Well, a lot of times the ice they make the ice from is from regular water. Well, that you know that kind of defeats the purpose, right? So she gets sick every now and then. But just make sure that you drink bottled water from a reputable source. Now, I think at the end, that last year, year and a half she was there, she actually had a, in one of these uh, containers that she set up in the back, in the um, uh, kitchen, actually the dining room there. And it was uh, the big bottles, you know, where you turn them over and you put them in the, the stand and then you can get the water. And she actually had that and that worked out real well. And it was good clean water. So yeah, you watch that. Cause it's it maybe not as bad as Mexico, Montezuma's
0: Revenge, but you have to watch it. So it's like uh, Culligan here, basically, right? Where they. The one that the... she.
1: Yes, yes, exactly right. Um, a Culligan man, but she did that, and that worked out real well. And, and my sister in law, my wife's sister, would make sure that it came and it was clean and it was on time, and,
0: and that worked out real well. That's nice. So that's good. Water is good. Hits all of the points there because that's really they don't important. Treat, they don't treat the water, the tap water.
1: And even if they did, the lines are so old. Um, a lot of times I turn it on and it'd be brown, you know, because this was not clean.
0: So don't drink the tap water. Kind of what you're talking about is similar to the experience I had in India. Uh, when I lived in oh. India, oh, I had, I had to put rags <laughs> with cotton
1: to, over to the filter the water to filter <laughs> the water. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness!
0: Cotton. Just for showering, right? And I drank bottled water, of course, but for showering, I needed to put that there. And it was, it was a a newer building, sort of, but they probably use older pipes okay. and like that so yeah i understand what you're saying on, on that deal now, now
1: let me let me tell you this this is another thing we did speaking of showering so and i don't know why it took us so long but she was there four and a half years she i got there 2015 october 4th left uh, june i think she arrived in country i'm sorry july july 2nd now around a year ago year and a half ago maybe she was tired of cold showers What they do was they shower, they kind of rinse off and then soap up and then rinse again, you know, uh, get a new, it was cold, very, very, very cold. So I don't know why it took us three years, but cost around 15,000 pesos, $300. And then uh, we had to, had some guy put it in, which was not included, but it wasn't that bad. And of course over in the Philippines, like most of these foreign countries, you know, our, our outlets here are 120. Over there, it's 240, and so you're getting a lot more bang for the buck. We put in a hot water, uh, 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 tankless hot water heater just for the shower. Everything else, she could, you know, it was no problem. She got so tired of cold showers, and so uh, with my experience, it was 15,000 pesos, $300, and it was adjustable. It was actually a pretty good one. When my daughter moved out, my sister-in-law actually commandeered it and took it and put it in her apartment. you know, in There's in, in the a building down the road that the owner owns both my daughter's uh, apartment uh, building and this other building. Uh, and my sister-in-law actually worked for this uh, lady who lives down in Los Angeles. Uh, but she commandeered it and she put it in her shower. So if you ever do go to the Philippines, and most hotels, Baroquei comes to mind. We were in Baroquei for a few days, uh, a few years ago, visiting my daughter, and they had a um, a, a tankless hot water heater. Uh, But And you get these tankless for the whole house or like a shower here, shower there, or uh, a bathroom or a kitchen. And so they had these tankless hot water heaters. So that's what they have. I've never seen a 40 gallon or a 55 gallon hot water heater. They're not real efficient. We have them over here but they're not real efficient because they keep this water heated 24 hours a day. Everybody over there is these tankless hot water heaters and my daughter raves about it because it was so good. She never had any problem with it. And she had hot showers for a year and a half. Why we waited so long, three years, I don't know. You know, We just had other things to pay for. But if you move over there, my advice put
0: in one of these tankless hot water heaters well, worth the money. Sounds like a nice, uh, nice way to go. Yeah, I was wondering about how the, the showers as well, how the shower works. you, you know,
1: I I am an old guy. I'm fifty nine years old. I graduated high school in seventy nine. Told you guys earlier, but um, I just I don't mind a hot shower. I don't mind it being hot. It just can't be cold. You know when I visited over there in 90, 99, 96 or ninety nine, we took a vacation. I think it's ninety nine. We took a vacation over there, my my wife and I and my daughter. So we go down to Legan City, and the one th- there's two things I remember. Something else popped in my head: the cold shower. I just couldn't take it. So we put the water, the cold water, in one of these garbage containers. I went out, got this filament that you can plug in and and kind of put it in the the container and after four or five minutes, it's heated that that water, the top water anyway, hot enough where at least you would not, you didn't have to take a cold shower. I don't mind it being hot, I don't care about being hot. It just can't be cold, lukewarm is fine. Now, I, it just can't be cold, but that's what I had to do, you know, 20 something years ago to take a shower because I just couldn't stand it. Otherwise, the other thing was my, my in-laws had uh, wooden furniture and after a while, that, so I went out and paid $300 for furniture, just a sofa and a loveseat, put it in the living room. That was soft. So when I sat there, my my behind didn't get so sore, sitting on that, that hard wood. I, that's another thing I bought for them. I'd forgotten about that.
0: <laughs> Amazing what you remember from years ago. So the houses are similar like they are here, where they have the curtains and the screens and everything like that it's the same screens usually not. Um, but the construction of course is, is completely
1: different. Everything over there is, if it's not bamboo, which is kind of the cheap, you know, or, or a Nipah hut, Nipah being the, the nipa is a plant over there. When you say a Nipah hut, which is kind of the traditional housing, a Nipah hut is a, the, the nipa is a, is the, the the bush that you put on top and it it dries out but it doesn't shrink and so you it lasts for years eventually you have to replace it but that's the roof, and so a nepa hut is a hut and usually a bamboo um sometimes it's hollow core blocks a lot most of the time the old traditional is the bamboo with the nipah on top every few years that replace the nipa i know this because uh, a few months ago i bought a farm over there and it it produces nipa. You know the NEPA plant, and we were having a problem. With people stealing at night because you know poor people. That usually owns these nipa huts because they can't afford a nicer, neural house. Is um, the poor people, so they steal my nipa plants and you know fix up their house. Most people over there uh own, as I've noticed, most people in the equator or close to the equator have these hollow block. Uh, that's what they build with, and so most of the construction the houses are hollow blocking and the good construction is usually you you put these hollow blocks together, you mortar them together and you put rebar in, in the, the middle and then you cement. After you get you know, high up you put the rebar, you put the cement and that makes a pretty sturdy um, a pretty sturdy house and then you put the roof on top. Usually it's not neat but if you have that much money, usually it's um, it's metal. Uh, the old style is that Corrugated metal, that wavy corrugated metal. That's the old style, and they but they have the newer style with different colors now. And most of the richer people, you know, that's what they have. But most of the construction now, it's it's not wood, it's not bamboo because that doesn't last as long. It's usually the um, hollow block construction, or the houses or the buildings. If you look at the buildings, you know, they go up several stories. It's you know, it's this uh, hollow block construction. And I always wonder, the Philippines is in a earthquake zone. And I just wonder you know, how safe that is, because one good thing about bamboo, it, it bends, but it doesn't break, right? They'll bend and bend. And if it falls on you, it won't kill you. Hollow block, the heavier construction, the heavier roofs, they fall on you, they're more likely to kill you. And they really haven't had a major major earthquake in a few years, it's 78 or 79. My wife was telling me they were leaving this Nipah hut and they had an earthquake. I looked it up, I won't say like 7-8, seven, 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 something like that. It's been years since I looked it up, but she said, she, what I remember is the refrigerator walked across the floor because it was shaking and it was a bamboo Nipah hut, but the, they had a refrigerator, a smaller one, but that earthquake since it's moving so much that that um, refrigerator, that ice box, moved across the floor. And she kept saying, yeah, walk across the floor. I saw it walking across the floor. So that worried me about these hollow block construction, though, because uh, it, it could break and fall on you and kill you versus the bamboo, which is lighter.
0: This, this Nipa hut you're talking about, is that what, – what's it like? It, does it have – like, you, know, you see some of the TV shows. That's, like Magnum PI, and it will have like yes. or Hawaii, some Hawaii Five O, the latest one, the the late, the newest one, and is it like that? The kind of like how it looks, and it's near a beach, and it has a little dome thing, or like an That's office it. space. It's like that. Okay.
1: Yeah, and it's bamboo construction. You know, we got these steps that you can go up, um, but the there's no. When I was there, we had windows, uh, but you didn't have the. The nets the mosquito nets Now you did on your bed usually there's one on the bed keep the mosquitoes out but uh, I, I, I tell you when I get over there I buy you know we might fix up my wife's house but I'm looking at maybe buying in the middle of the country gotta have uh, gotta have the uh, you know the, um, uh, the the net you know outside the window and so they can't even get into the house um, Otherwise they'll get in the house and they'll, they'll sting you and they'll suck out your blood. Uh, and there's a lot of diseases that are floating around that are transmitted by the mosquitoes. Uh, you got the malaria, yellow fever, Japanese encephalitis is a big one. Luckily, not ELO, but they do have outbreaks. Uh, uh, of course, and then that Zika, the Zika, you know, i other places. So yeah, you have to be really worried about the mosquitoes. Um, but usually, there's no nets, there's no screening, in windows except for maybe the
0: the rich, rich people, uh, but not the poor people. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow, I don't know what I'd do without a, a net here in the states. You know what kind of uh screen? You know, a screen on the window. Got to have it. I don't know how. Got to have it. Yeah. Got to have it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think anybody would buy a house in the states if it didn't have a screen on the windows, they'd say like, well, what is that? You know, they probably wouldn't even buy
1: it. That's
0: right. That's right. But over there,
1: uh, Susan's house is, it doesn't have screens. Um, and that was one of the things I I needed to fix. Yeah. We moved back to that house.
0: So tell me about you. What, um, what's, uh, what's your plan on the Philippines? Are you going to start a business, go to school? Um, what's, uh, what's your plan for that?
1: I'd like to teach. Uh, you know, we talked about, um, earlier the online, uh, classes that I'm taking. We're happy with them. Uh, they're teaching me some things. I might not be learning as much as I could be learning here in a master or doctorate program. But as long as I'm learning, I'm happy and I am learning. But I'd like to teach over there. I'd like to maybe work for another year or so. And then teach, and then um, over there, hoping someone will hire me. I'll be a foreigner. Hope I can get a work visa. A few challenges. Uh, otherwise, I might just go to my farm. I got a little half a hectare, acre and a half farm over there that uh, we're going to plant. We're raising neipa, the nipa plant right now, but it's a it got a lot of water. and I, You know, we're going to put mango and pineapples and coconut trees and. And maybe maybe build a house there, maybe buy one in town, you know, or if I get a job teaching somewhere else. but you know, that'd be my way of giving back. IT's been good to me. I've been doing it for 35 years. I've gone, uh, you know one thing about IT, it's technical and it see like everybody needs what you have to offer. And I've worked in New York City for two years, San Antonio, um, Saudi Arabia for two years. I lived in 12 states. Uh, New York, Texas, uh, uh, Kansas for you know, Sprint PCS, Colorado Springs, Seattle, Washington, for a few years, and uh, California, Virginia, and it's just uh, it's be really good to be to see the you know the world and kind of overcome my wonder list. So the Philippines is going to be maybe the next step. Do some teaching,
0: kind of give something back. Do you have the skills right now necessary to teach in uh, the Philippines? What what type of skills do you need? I mean, yeah, to teach probably.
1: Training. I actually sent my
0: resume off to um,
1: wasn't the University of Philippines, but uh, it was another. There's like ten or fifteen um, universities that are kind of the top, and the one I'm taking that my uh, d- doctorate program is uh, kind of in the bottom of that fifteen, probably. 10 to 15 somewhere. Did you have University of Philippines, Santo Tomas, um, and there's another one that in um, case my mind right now. But that's the one I sent my resume to, and he said, well, you could teach right now if you wanted to. You know, you could, there'd be no problem. Someone would snap you up. because uh, it just seemed like the people that can do stuff over there, they can make more money somewhere else, so they leave. I've had two or three acquaintances that were educated there, I had a good friend called, named Roland that I met in Saudi Arabia, and he was a VMware VM, as a VCP, and, um, but he couldn't make any money in the Philippines. He'd go to the Philippines maybe every four or five years um, for maybe a year or two, and then he you know, just can't make any money. The, the salaries are so poor. He'd go back to the Middle East, and so uh, anybody with any kind of skill set at all uh, usually is not there. They're somewhere else making more money,
0: thank you he, is he born in that country I guess I assume yeah Roland
1: was born in Manila and I knew him for two years in Saudi Arabia and uh, I I'd keep up with him. I'm uh, the Godfather of uh, one of his daughters and so I'd call him every now and then and uh, but he would uh, he just couldn't make any money you know so every now and then you know, he, he's retired now, but he's still working. You know, he's working as a travel agent, something a little bit less stressful. But he's still working and over there, when I get over there, I really, I don't like, my Social Security, my wife's Social Security, I have some houses here and there, I got some money saved up, I shouldn't have to work. Only if I want to, but I, you know, I, you have to do something in life. You just can't do nothing. And so mine will be teaching and giving something back. Because IT's been good to me, let me see a lot of the world.
0: Agreed with uh, the IT part.
1: You're the the same way. (laughs) That's right. You've been to a lot of places, uh, almost probably as many as I have, because you have a certain skill set
0: that people need all over the world. Yeah, that's what uh, IT has done for me as well. Yeah, Yeah, yes. So Terry, how can people reach out to you if they have any questions or they want to know, how do I, you know, how, t- Terry, can you teach me some things? You know, how would they reach out to you so they can contact you? you have a a Twitter or a Facebook or anything like that, or a, a website that people can reach out to you.
1: I'm,
0: I got a Facebook account, and um, that'd probably be
1: the best. They can reach me through you, you know. So, um, I work a lot, so but if anybody needs advice, any advice or um, you know Facebook probably the best it, it message me on Facebook and I'll respond
0: okay cool so Terry really appreciate to come on the podcast hey, and, hey Gary um, yes enjoy the enjoyed the heck out of this I've actually thought about I, I wrote down some
1: stuff and you know what's he going to ask me and I'm going to be on the hot hot seat but uh I've actually thought about stuff that I had thought about in decades, especially way back in the early you know, 90s. Met my wife in Saudi Arabia. So that's actually a good refresher course. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed this.
0: Very welcome. Very welcome.